Several gangs target older people by phone, letter and email. Common cons include bogus foreign lotteries, miracle health cures, fake prize draw wins and investment opportunities. Hello, I'm Hannah and in this edition of the podcast I speak to Helpline Coordinator Angelo about how people with dementia can fall prey to these types of scams, how to report them and what can be done to prevent them from happening. What would you say defines a scam? A scam is essentially a scheme that is dishonest or fraudulent uh, and that is designed to cheat someone out of their money. So it might, for instance, involve buying products or services or investing money in some kind of venture. Uh, I mean, common scams include things like fake prize draws or lottery wins, uh, miracle health cures or unwanted or unnecessary home repairs. Um, I mean, scams can take the form of cold calling and pressure selling. Uh, For instance, some people have been telephoned and persuaded to have double glazing put in when they don't need it. Um, Other people have had people turn up on their doorstep and pressure them into the same thing, uh, often at a highly inflated price. Uh, So it can take a lot of different forms, but is always designed to cheat someone. Why are people with dementia in particular susceptible to scams? I mean, due to the confusion and memory problems that people with dementia experience, uh, they're likely to be less discerning and possibly take things at face value more than other people would. Uh, So if a person turns up at their door and tries to convince them that they need roof repairs or should invest their money in a new business, uh, they're more likely to be persuaded. Dementia generally affects a person's ability to see things logically or rationally, so they may not pick up on discrepancies or inconsistencies that a person without dementia would notice. Also, some people with dementia may feel quite alone even if in reality their friends and their family visit them regularly. So they're more likely to be keen to talk to somebody who comes to the door or calls them on the telephone and appears quite friendly. I mean, one of the nastier sides of these scams is often that if a person responds to one scam, then their details are shared with other scammers, which means that from that point on, they're more likely to be targeted again. What types of scams are people most commonly victims of? On the helpline, we we do hear a lot about people falling prey to doorstep scams or selling, so that seems to be quite common. Postal scams seem to be quite prevalent too, where a person's told that they've won a prize. Um, The letters that people get can look quite official, so it can be very confusing for a person with dementia to differentiate between a genuine letter and junk mail. What should you do if you think a person with dementia has been a victim of a scam? If anyone thinks a person has been a victim of a scam, or if they suspect that a scam is being attempted, they should contact the Citizens Advice Bureau Consumer Helpline, uh, as they may be able to advise further on what to do. Uh, People can also report scams and get advice from organisations like Action Fraud and Action on Elder Abuse. In terms of questioning financial products and services that, for instance, a cold caller might be trying to sell, the Financial Conduct Authority has got a helpline specifically for questions like this. It's also important to remember that scams are criminal acts where a person is trying to steal from someone else, so it's important to report these incidents to the police. How does a person's mental capacity affect these scams? Well, if a person doesn't have the mental capacity to look after their financial affairs or to consent to, for instance, work to be done on their house, then it is possible that any agreements they make wouldn't be considered valid. Uh, However, you would need to prove that the other party were aware that the person was unable to make this decision themselves and therefore were unable to enter into the contract. Um, I mean, this can be very difficult and and it it would very much depend 
on the details of the specific situation. So, it, I mean, it might be a good idea to obtain legal advice if anybody listening is in that particular situation. I mean, if a person is deemed to no longer have mental capacity, they're more likely to be confused about things. Uh, and they might encourage scammers without meaning to. For instance, by sending reply letters to scammers without understanding the consequences of doing that. I mean, if a person's family member or carer has got power of attorney, then this might prevent these sorts of financial abuses occurring, as it can mean that all decisions concerning a person's financial affairs would be going through the attorney rather than the person with dementia. I mean, having power of attorney would also make it easier to find out more information uh, from banks and from other organisations where suspected financial abuse may have taken place. How can you prevent a person with dementia from getting scammed? As dementia can affect people in quite different ways, there unfortunately isn't a definitive, you know, guaranteed way to prevent these things happening uh, because different approaches are, are, gonna, are likely to be needed for different people. Um, I mean, for instance, some people may never answer the door to strangers and so they wouldn't be susceptible to doorstep scams, uh, while other people may only want to talk to people face-to-face -face rather than over the phone. So, that, you know, people like that, they wouldn't fall prey to telephone scams, but they might be more susceptible to doorstep scams. I mean, it can be very difficult to cover all bases here, as, as dementia care can sometimes be a real balancing act between, you know, allowing the person to be as independent as possible while also trying to protect them, you know, at the same time. Quite often, you know, you, risks can be minimised, but not eradicated completely, unfortunately. What are your top tips for protecting a person with dementia from scammers? There are two services which might be useful here. There's the Telephone Preference Service, uh, which is designed to prevent unsolicited sales calls. Uh, and there's also the Mailing Preference Service, which is designed to opt people out of one of the largest junk mail schemes. I mean, it can also be helpful to place signs on the front door or in the front window, um, just politely stating no unsolicited mail or no door-to-door -door sales, you know, something like that. The person with dementia as well, they can always ask Royal Mail to divert their post to a different address. So that can be a good way of avoiding getting any junk mail, you know, in the first place. If a person is calling certain telephone numbers, for instance, competition lines in the back of a newspaper or a magazine, then there are call blockers available that would prevent those numbers from being dialed. I mean, there is a lot of assistive technology available that might be useful when trying to prevent a person falling prey to scams. As mentioned earlier, uh, power of attorney can also be very useful here, as it can enable financial decisions to have to go through the attorney, who may not be as vulnerable as the person with dementia. Where can people go for further advice and support? If anyone is concerned about this, they can always call our helpline. Uh, that's on 0300 222 1122. Uh, that would be for, for, you know, for general information and advice. Uh, we also have our online forum called Talking Point, which can be really helpful, as uh, other people may well have discussed this issue and you know, approaches that they've used with their own loved ones. Um, Age UK, they also produce some helpful information on this subject um, and it might also be a good idea to have a chat with the police at the local police station because uh, they can sometimes give a lot of good advice on preventing these types of scams. Thank you for listening to the Outside Society podcast.